Welcome to this brand new series, Community Church, Detox. We are going to look at some incredibly relevant parts of your life uh, right now and over the next several weeks. And I believe that this is going to be a game changer for many of you. And I think it's going to impact you very, very personally. It's going to involve how you think, how you speak, the relationships that you have, your relationship with God. Over the next few weeks, very specifically, we're going to look at your influences, those things that you deliberately expose yourself to, that you listen to, that you watch and see, are there any toxins there that you need a detox from? We're going to look at your friendships. We're going to look at the relationships that maybe you are in right now and they're harmful to you, maybe even harmful to your relationship with God. We're going to look at your words. What are the words that you've been speaking and what are the words that you have been listening to? And how is that effective? affecting you. Some of you are living right now in environments where words are slowly damaging your soul. And we're going to look at religion. Jesus did not come from heaven to earth for this sort of sole purpose of just saying, here's a list of things that you're supposed to do and you're not supposed to do. And I can get toxic very, very quickly. I want to acknowledge an author by the name of Craig Rochelle for several of the areas that we're going to be touching on over the next few weeks. Today, what I want to say to you is that many of life's battles are won and lost right here. Your thoughts. That's what we're going to be talking about. The scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think, that is the way that you will be. It's the thought that counts. In fact, would you say that with me? It's the thought that counts. I know you're watching on video out loud all together. One, two, three. It's the thought that counts. That's where we're headed today. So many of us are losing a battle that's happening actually in our minds because our minds are infected with toxic thoughts, toxic thinking. If you think negative thoughts, eventually you will become a negative person and you've met that negative person and it's not nice. If you think godly thoughts, eventually it makes you think and have the mind of Jesus Christ. And you've met that person and that is a great thing in your life. The root cause of so many self-made blunders and pain and personal difficulties are your thoughts, your toxic thoughts. They give birth to ideas. Those ideas give birth to behaviors which become habit which eventually become a, a lifestyle and even a sense of like, this is who I am, this is how I function, this is my identity, that then bear tremendous, tremendous painful consequences. How many of you right now wish that you could go back in time and meet younger you and just say to yourself, stop thinking like that. Don't allow those thoughts to be in your mind. I bet you almost every single one of us. How many of you have had moments in your life where you walked away from something and you sort of muttered under your breath, under your breath, and that wasn't a good idea. That wasn't a good idea at all. And if you could go back to past you, younger you, and say, well, then don't have that idea, I bet you would. Here's what we are going to do today. We are going to identify and reject toxic thoughts. All of us together, we're going to identify and reject toxic thoughts thoughts. All of those thoughts that are inconsistent with God's truth. Look at a few scriptures right here. Proverbs chapter 4. Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. 
So what we're going to do right now is any thought that now going forward comes and knocks on the door of your mind, your thinking, that is contrary to God's word, we're going to stop and we're going to guard our minds and our thoughts against that. We're not going to let that enter into our brain. We're going to have a, a, a system in place that says, I'm not just going to easily be on the receiving end of that. Second Corinthians chapter 10. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Let me pause there for a second. The weapons that we fight with have the power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds. Somebody listening to my voice right now, you need to know this. You are locked in a prison of deception. And it's in your thoughts. It's in your mind. You are believing things that simply are not true. You are agreeing with them. You're saying yes to things that are not true. You're believing things that are false about you, about other people, about God, and it is holding you captive. You're entertaining thoughts that do not align with what God says is true. And as awful as that sounds, and as real as that is for some of you, here's what the scripture tells us. That the power of God can be released into your life today to demolish those kinds of strongholds, that kind of captivity. They can be demolished. The scripture goes on, verse 5, we demolish strong language, arguments, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And look at this. We take captive every thought. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. So we don't have to be prisoners to lies and falsehood. Instead, our thoughts, they belong to us. They're our prisoners. And anything that does not align itself with the word of God, here's what the scripture is telling you to do. You are to take those thoughts captive, to take charge of them. We lock it up. We come against it and we make it actively obedient to Jesus Christ. This is a refusal to cozy up and coddle up to replaying those old memories. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Those old words that replay in your mind again and again. But here's the truth about them. They're false. And we entertain them and we coexist with them. So we're going to carefully guard our minds. We're going to deliberately take captive any thought that is a lie. So here's what begins in your life today, right now. I'm going to take you today through a very simple filter that we're going to find uh, in the preaching of God's word so that every single time moving forward in your life that you encounter a toxic thought, now you have a new alarm system. Now you have a new awareness, a new radar system that's going to start flashing and beeping at you, red alert, wait a second, I don't have to just take that on anymore. I don't have to only be on the receiving end of that again and again. So starting right now, you're going to begin partnering with the person of the Holy Spirit and he's going to start bringing to your attention every single time your mind wants to wander in the direction of and entertain toxic thoughts. So here's four filters that I want you to have in your radar system. It's negative thoughts, fearful thoughts, discontented thoughts and critical thoughts.
So right now, maybe, maybe for the first time in your life, you're going to identify where you have been prone to toxic thoughts. You're going to identify them and reject them. And then we're going to replace them with God's truth. Filter number one, negative thoughts. I want you to do self-assessment right now. For some of you, this is going to be a revelation. You actually don't know that you've been thinking negatively and the Holy Spirit's going to show you, no, you need to be aware of this. This is actually a part of your life and this can be undone. So I want you to check the box and see if you're prone to thinking like this. Here's what it sounds like. I don't have what it takes. I'll never be good enough. No matter how hard I try, it's never enough. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Nobody appreciates me. I'm the person who's always giving, always giving, uh, but no one else is ever giving to me. All they do is they take, take, take. This is a thinking that we can have. Even simple things, petty little things. My hair, it doesn't look good today. I don't like my clothes that I'm wearing. Uh, my car is too old. We're out of milk. America is not what it used to be. Everything's falling apart. Pretty easy for us to think about that right now. I think the whole world's going to end. How many of you would be honest enough to say that you are prone to this kind of thinking, to negative thinking? And if that's you, you need to guard your heart. You need to guard your thoughts. You need to be aware that your thinking has moved in a negative direction. A, I don't think it's going to work out. This is going to be awful. It's going to be terrible. I don't like it kind of way of thinking. God, when I start going there, that mental habit, and I'm not even thinking about it. God, what we're praying right now is would you show us, would you reveal to us, would you allow alarm bells to go off inside? And we would go, thank you, Lord. I'm thinking negatively and I want to be aware of that. I want to do something about it. Second filter, fearful thoughts. This is so prevalent right now. The economy is terrible. People are sick. What if my company has a hard time? What if I lose my job? What if I don't get a promotion? There's so much to be anxious and to worry about. I'm a certain age. What if I don't get married? What if I never get married? I'm always going to be alone. What if something happens to me? What if I get sick? What if I get hurt? Here's, here's a real one, I'll be honest with you, that I've had. And it just shows you how, uh, how messed up your pastor is sometimes. If Kelly's gone and I'm at home with the kids and she was supposed to be back at a certain time, a certain amount of minutes can go by, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half. But then after a while, you know, I'll go, well, you know, where's Kelly? And this is where my mind can become fearful. And I've had this before, too many times. What if something horrible has happened to my wife? What if she's been in a car crash? My mind goes to this worst place. And then I'm like literally imagining the scenario. I'll have to do the funeral. How am I going to raise these children? I don't want to, I don't want to go forward in life without my, my wife. I don't know how I'd manage that. How, what, how would I console the children? How would I get over these kinds of things? Here's the thing. That's messed up thinking. I don't need to think like that, but I'm going to be honest with you and say, I've gone there in my mind. It's fearful thinking. How many of you would say that you are prone to worry and anxiety and fear? 
I want you to be aware of this point of vulnerability in you. And now I want you to guard your mind, guard your thoughts to simply say to you, it is not good for you to be living in fear and worry. I want you to hear that really loud. You don't have to live a life constantly bombarded with thoughts of fear and worry and anxiety. And I got to just bite my nails and hope that things work out, but they probably won't. Especially things that you cannot control. God, I'm going to need your help with this. This is a natural tendency in me, God. I'm going to be honest with you. God, would you please change me and help me to take fearful thoughts and take them captive for God. Filter number three, discontented thoughts. I don't like my body. I wish I looked like her. I wish I looked like him. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too tall. I'm too short. My skin is horrible. I hate the way I look in these clothes. I married the wrong person. I wish my spouse was a better spiritual leader. I wish my spouse was a better provider. I wish my wife wasn't such a nag, 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 nag all the time. I'm sick and tired of it. This is discontented thinking. I wish we had kids. I wish we had, <laughs> I wish we had different kids. <laughs> These ones are driving me crazy right now. I need a new car. I need new granite countertops. I need a walk-in closet. I have to have these things. If I have those things, then I'll be happy. How many of you struggle with discontented thoughts? They're bombarding your life. They're trying to take you captive. I'm not happy about this and this and this. And we feel those things. We fuel those things. We allow ourselves. We literally give ourselves permission to think about that. And, to, and then that turns into actions and that turns into behavior. It turns into habits. It turns into a lifestyle. It turns into a person who is just discontented. How many of you would say honestly that you struggle with discontented thoughts? So what do we do? God, I need to guard my mind. I need to guard my thoughts against these discontented thoughts. So now in the presence of God, knowing that maybe you are a person who would say, I do have that tendency. I think like that. I'm going in the wrong direction. I'm thinking like that in my mind with discontent and unhappiness and a lack of joy. God, I need your help. Would you please give me a radar system to know by the power of your Holy Spirit when I'm going there, make me aware of that God so I can address it and take that captive. Last filter, filter number four. This is this is very practical stuff, guys. Last one, critical thoughts. I would never do that, what that other person's doing. Can you believe that person? Look at the way they, they think. Look at the way they dress. Look at their children. Look at the way they run their house. What a horrible thing for that person. What a terrible thing for them to say. How many of you would say, honestly, you can even do a raise your hand at home. How many of you would say, I know somebody who's like that. <laughs> See, you're being critical right now. I just caught you. And this actually, it's a sin in many of us. Even in this moment, God, you would just say, God, I'm guilty of entertaining critical thoughts. Critical thoughts about other people, about just politics, about other organizations, critical thoughts about the church. Critical thoughts about the preacher. Maybe even right now. I don't think I like what this guy's saying. Too bad. It's just critical. 
and it's gotten into you, it's gotten into your thinking. And for some of you, it's become so, it's a rut in your mind. You don't even know that you're going in that direction. Guard your thoughts. Bring this to the Lord. God, I need a radar system. Holy Spirit, I'm giving you every permission in my life. Make me aware when I begin to think like that, I don't want to think like that anymore. So often, the spiritual battle starts in our thoughts, in our minds. If you want to find something negative, it's so easy. It's not even an, an intelligent thing to do. Anybody, anybody can do it. This is an area in Christianity where you literally have to make a choice. You identify negative, fearful, discontented, and critical thoughts. And then you look at them and you expose them in the light of God's word. And you say, I'm gonna, I see you for what you are in my life. I see what you're doing in my life. I see that you are laden with lies, a lack of truth, lifeless negativity. And then you look at it and you say, I'm rejecting that outright, completely. I don't want anything to do with it. And I'm going to take this. I'm going to discard it. I'm going to replace it with the truth of God's word. There is a reason why thoughts is first in this series, because as we detox, we're going to look at several key, key areas that I think are really going to be a game changer and bless your life. But there's a reason why thoughts comes first in this series. Look at how it works. I want you to picture almost like building blocks, one upon another. And this is how it works for people who struggle with these kinds of thoughts. The first thing is, it's merely an idea or a thought. That thought turns into the next building block. That's a decision. The decision turns into an action. You actually do something on what you've decided. That action, it literally becomes values in your life. This is how I am. These are things that are important to me. Those values turn into a lifestyle. This is how I function. And that lifestyle turns into an identity. And that is not a good way to build the building blocks of your life. It is by dwelling on thoughts that we make decisions. Our decisions become actions. These actions soon become just our lifestyle. When our thoughts are out of alignment with God's truth, then what happens is your lifestyle will be in opposition to God. And then we find ourselves to varying degrees in bondage. This is what Satan wants in your life. This is where strongholds come in. But we're not going to play blame the evil game with this. He builds strongholds through obtaining a place of jurisdiction that you have personally invited through your disobedience that all began with simple thoughts. Nobody wakes up in the morning and suddenly thinks, I'm going to turn into a negative person. I'm going to just today become an unkind or grouchy person. It takes years of thinking like that to become that kind of person. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, today is the day that from a good, healthy marriage, I'm just going to go cheat on my wife or on my spouse. That usually takes time, months, maybe even years. A glance at a, at, at a woman who's not your wife. Permission to allow your mind to wander there again and again. Not taking those thoughts captive. Beginning to look at ungodly images. That becomes a habit in your life. It seems like you can't even stop it. 
your thoughts are now agreeing to an attraction that is removed from the one that you have given your vows to, that you are committed to. You are now out of alignment with truth. And slowly over the course of time, this truth has been removed from your life and lies have entered into your thoughts that became decisions, that became actions, that became lifestyles, that became a bondage. Slowly but surely, you have given into lie after lie. Paul makes an astonishing statement in the New Testament. Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. It's a great scripture. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Three things from this scripture. One, praise God, Jesus has come to set you free. Two, Jesus has come to set you free so that you would actually be free. There's a really important distinction there. And three, it's actually possible for Jesus to come into your life, but somehow you're not necessarily free. This is what God wants to accomplish, but you have not entered into that freedom. One of the defining characteristics of a follower of Jesus Christ is that they would actually be free. This is why Jesus came. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross. He rose from the dead so that we would not again submit ourselves to a yoke and a bondage and a burden of slavery. And yet we do that in life. What is it that we are to stand firm from? For the Apostle Paul, when he wrote that sentence in the New Testament, he was actually talking about these followers of Christ who are coming into bondage once again in terms of like pharisaical rules and laws and legislation and regulation. I would suggest to you today that strongholds begin in your mind, with your thoughts. They are conceived as mere ideas. Now, please remember what all of this is about. Let me read the scripture. We already read it earlier. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You see, there's work to be done here. Look at this. I want you to just see how these little thoughts are the seeds, the beginning of going down the wrong direction. Genesis chapter three, verse one. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? It's just a thought. This is Satan speaking to Adam and Eve. Verse four. You will not surely die. For God knows when you eat of it, uh, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Luke chapter 4. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Verse 6. I will give you all their authority and splendor for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. This is Satan still speaking. It's just ideas. Verse 9. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from there. There's five scriptures that I just read where Satan is making every attempt that he can in the Garden of Eden and in the desert with Jesus Christ to bring deception and slavery. Notice in every single scripture, every one of them, they just start with an idea. It's just like a little question, just to sow the seed of a thought. Did God really say? Response? Well, that's a thought that undermines what God really said. 
If you are the son of God, response, a thought, am I who I think I am? The beginning of this trap has little or nothing to do with what we typically think of sin, where we roll up our sleeves and we go out there and we just do something horrible, some kind of action, some kind of evil achievement. There is no doing or execution or deed or activity or exploit or accomplishment here. All of that, they're just thoughts. They're just ideas. So right now we have a new habit, a new filter, a new practice. When a thought comes your way, a lie, you don't have to agree with it anymore. You don't have to say yes to that. Stop for a second, pause, look at the thought, hold it up, expose it for what it is, a lie, and say it out loud, I don't agree with that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. That garbage has ransacked my thinking for way too long. So here's what it looks like. With all that I've done wrong, I don't think I could ever make a difference. No, we reject that in the name of Jesus Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everything bad always happens to me. No, I have a good God who is at work for my good because I love him and I've been called according to his purposes. Well, I'm never going to overcome. I'm always going to have a hard time. No, reject that. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I am who God has called me to be and created me to be. And he is my rock and he is my redeemer. And inside me is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And you are blessed and you are called and you are equipped and you have everything that you need to do what God has called you to do. Well, we're never going to get out of debt. <laughs> Don't get me the wrong way. You need to shut your mouth when you talk like that. You need to actually shut your mouth. We're going to get out of debt. This is a new way of speaking. The only debt that we're going to have is the ongoing debt of love to every person we ever meet. What we're doing is we are replacing lies with truth. Stop giving in to toxic lies. Stop thinking them. Stop saying them. Stop believing them. Stop acting on them. Detox that junk out of your soul and out of your thinking. You may have been like this for months or for years. You may have been like this for most of your life. Well, today that ends. Today is a new day in God. Reject that thinking and now saturate your mind with his truth. And let the living word of God consume your thinking and direct your thinking and shape your thinking. Romans 12, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Honest assessment right now. Can I ask you for one? As you're sitting there in your home listening to me, an honest assessment in the presence of God right now. How many of you would say, I have had a pattern of negative thinking, fearful thinking, discontented thinking, critical thoughts, 
you honestly know that you have agreed with those kinds of thoughts in your life. I'm going to pray for you right now. And if that's not you, I want you praying for others, your brothers and your sisters right now. So let's pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would do what we have not been able to do in and of ourselves. That you would constantly remind us and show us anything in our minds that is not true. I'm asking that we would not be prisoners locked into deception, but that we would take our thoughts captive and that we would make them obedient to Jesus Christ. I pray that from today, our encounter and our respect and our submission to the word of God, to your truth, would take on new meaning, new momentum, new life and new obedience. Please come and transform our minds and make them better than new. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Love you, church. God bless.